We've been talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about a lot of different elements of the Holy Spirit, who he is, how he operates, what he's here for, how we're to connect with him. And tonight, um, and I'm, you know, there's days when you study something. The more you study the word, well, this is just my perception, okay? Maybe this isn't right. Maybe you don't agree with this. This is just my perception. But um, people that think that they know it all concerning the Scripture, they don't know the Word. Because you'll never know it all. (laughs) You know, the, the more I study it, the bigger it gets. I mean... It's just huge. I mean, it's beyond measurement. The revelation of God's Word. And actually, I'm not thinking of anybody when I'm saying this. I'm just saying it across the board. When people think they know it all, they always have a bad attitude about it. That number one isn't God. I'm just telling you, we don't know anything about what I'm talking about tonight. I'm just saying, we don't know anything like we need to know it. We know what we know, but we don't know anything like we need to know what I'm going to talk about tonight. What I'm talking about is the witness of the Holy Spirit. The witness. And I'm just going to say this, that You know, in my early years, after I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, like a year or two after I got born again, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And there was a little bit of teaching about encouraging you to continue to pray in other tongues, you know, afterwards. But so much of it was just about that one-time experience that, yeah, I, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost back in the day. And everybody kind of looked back about it. I'm not, I mean, and maybe that wasn't everywhere. It was just in the world that I was in. And uh, everybody looked back about the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, but I used to, I'm just, and this is just me. Maybe you haven't done this. But I was always looking for a voice. I was praying in tongues and man, I wanted him I wanted something. I wanted to hear a voice. I wanted to hear this audible thing or something. I mean, there had to be, it was like, you know, people say, well, you know, you have to pray in other tongues and, and, and you have to pray to God and then, and then hear his voice, okay? <laughs> but I'm not hearing nothing, you know? I'm, li- I'm waiting for a voice. But it's really not a voice. Not like we think of of a voice. You know, when you, when you're battling something in your mind, let's say somebody's done you wrong, um, you know, potentially, in the last couple of weeks, there was a situation that happened in, in my world, just in my own personal world, where 
potential for offense was there and you know I was you know you you battled not re rehearsing it but when you're by yourself what are you doing if you give into it you're sitting there rehearsing what they did and rehearsing what you bless God want to tell them well you know I mean, and, and sometimes people don't realize, but we all talk to ourselves when we do those kind of things. You're talking to yourself. But what you're rehearsing is what's going on in your head. You're not rehearsing things coming from your heart. And the witness is not a voice, it's a knowing. The witness is a knowing that we get from God. It's a knowing. I know that I know. It, it, it turns into the voice of God speaking to you, but it's a knowing that creates that voice. It's not me looking for an audible voice or just some kind of something that just you know, resonates on the inside of me and it's like rattling me and saying God's saying something. No, it comes from the effort that I put out to know his word so I can know him. And I can know how he talks and how he's showing me something about a situation so he can lead me in that knowing. That's where the voice is. The voice is in the knowing. Don't be listening for voices. There's a bunch of voices. There's a bunch of voices out there. Man, they're all in our heads. All of us. All of us. But we're not talking about being led by our head. We're not talking about being led by our emotions. And we're not talking about being led by fear or something else. We're talking about being led by the Spirit. So I want to start in Romans chapter 8 and verse 14, and it says this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Okay? So tonight we're going to talk about the witness... And what it looks like to be led. How to be led. We can just read through the scriptures and say that's what you need to do. But, but I'm convinced that most people don't know how to do it. Now, I'm not saying that you don't. But I promise you as I preach this message tonight. I'll walk away from this message that I preached. With a greater awareness on the inside of me. Of how to yield to the witness of the Holy Spirit and how to be led by the Spirit because of the Word of God. <clears throat> as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. Now, I'm going to come back. I, I want to read verse 15 and 16. And then I want to break up verse 14 and 15 and 16 with John 14. So, but, but I want to read verse 15 and 16 from Romans 8. So, so 14 again is, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Verse 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself, the Spirit himself, bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. Now, 
Before I go on, I want you to see two different words that are different words in, in the Greek here. They're different words, but they're talking about the same, the same people, okay? In verse 14, he talks about sons. In verse 16, he talks about children. And the word sons there is a developed child, one that's developing. The children in verse 16 are everybody that's born again. So you have people that are born again that are developing, and you have people that are born again that are not developing. And who's in charge of that? In heaven, are they picking out, well, they're going to be developed, and this bunch is not going to be developed? No. It's your choice. You get in a good church, you sit under the Word, you listen to the Word taught, you learn and are taught how to take the Word and apply it to your life, and you learn how to hear His voice through the Word and then do what He says. And that's a, that, that is a forever, lifelong project. I can't tell you how many people through the years that I've seen come, they get excited about the Word, things begin to happen, they begin to develop a confession, and things begin to happen, and, and they begin to hear the voice of God, and things get really good, and then attacks come, and then slowly but surely, one step at a time, they back away from their confession. Another step happens, they back away from developing the ability to yield and be aware of what the Spirit of God is saying versus what their head and all kinds of other voices are saying out here. They take another step back that I don't really need to come to church to hear the Word. They take another step back and another step back, and then they're out of the picture. You get out of the picture, and what happens? You remove God from the equation, and you're on your own. That's just the way it works. Can you say amen? So I'm telling you t- tonight that, there, that we're all children. We're children of God. And those who are led by the Spirit who get it and learn how to yield to the witness of the Holy Spirit and allow Him to be the one that is directing your life, that's helping you along, you, He can't help you if you don't know how to hear Him. I'll say it again, he can't help you if you don't know how to hear him, and you have to develop the ability to hear so that you're not just a child of God. I'm a child of God headed to heaven. Yeah, but what about here? Hmm? I don't want to be a child of God headed to heaven and living on hell on earth. I'm a child of God being developed as a child, becoming a son, being led by the Spirit, and overcoming every obstacle that comes my way. Come on, just take a moment, close your eyes, and just thank God for the Holy Ghost. Whew! We're not here on our own. We're not here on our own. Praise God for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father, for the person of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit that you have given to us to live in us, to lead us, to guide us, to reveal all truth to us. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit. 
Amen? I'm telling you, it's very easy to war when you're warring through him and with him. Can you say amen? John 14, just want to throw this in there for a second. Because what we're talking about right here, this part of it, is being led by the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit never leads you through fear. He will never come and speak fear words to you to lead you into something. Never. He'll just say, don't do this, or do this, or wait, or whatever he tells you. But he'll never do it in fear. He never leads you in fear. He'll never lead you in pride. He'll never lead you through anger. He leads you through peace. Everybody say peace. The Holy Spirit leads through peace. You have to wait to know on the inside of you what is God and what isn't. When you make rash decisions, they're always wrong. At least nine times, nine and a half times out of ten. Rash decision, pressure decisions. You ever been in a situation where you felt like, well, I've got to do this or I've got to do this now, and somebody's pressuring you to do it? They could both be wrong. Hmm? You could have two choices, and the devil's pressuring you to take one of the two wrong choices. You back off and say, I don't have peace about anything. I'm doing absolutely nothing. I don't care how stupid it looks. I don't care how ridiculous it looks. You may be in the middle of going into a business situation or a business deal, and it's like, well, somebody's saying, well, yeah, we got to know by tomorrow. Okay, I'm praying. You're saying it to yourself. You're asking God, you're getting nothing. See, you're developing something. And God says, you have no peace. When I say God says, you have no peace to take the deal. When they put a timeline and they're pressuring you for a timeline and you don't have peace, you got to go with the peace. If you don't, then you'll always be moved by pressure. And you know what most of the time that's out of? Fear. And he never leads in fear. He always leads in peace. John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name... He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance, bring to your remembrance. That word, you know what that word, you know what the definition of that word is in the Greek when I looked that up? That word remembrance is the word quiet. And I wrote down quiet remembrance what will the holy spirit do he will bring to you quietly reminding you what god said (laughs) quietly never make a decision in a bunch of noise never make a decision in a bunch of noise Well, but Pastor, God gave us a brain to think, and you know, that seemed right. Yeah. Yeah. 
and there's a way that seems right, and the end is no good. Never make a decision under pressure, no matter what. Yeah, but well, if I don't make the decision, what if I lose the deal? Or what if I lose this thing or that? Then you lose it. Then you lose it. What we're accomplishing, what we're attempting to accomplish is a confidence that living with him is safe. And no matter what it looks like in the natural, if I trust him and I live with him, then I'm safe. I'm covered. He's got my back. He's got my front. He's got my future. He knows he knows the end from where we're at right now, and he knew the end even before we got here. <laughs> That's him. That's a safe place. He knows it all, and he knows how to do it, but we have to learn how to yield to the witness that is speaking to us and revealing to us how this works in every situation in our life. And that's why... That's why there's so much work involved. Because you can get victorious in one situation and then, I mean, the next day overreact like an idiot in another situation. Huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, man, you were just like on the top of the world. You were walking on water the day before, man. We got victory on this thing. And then the next day, I mean, you know, cussing somebody out because they cut you off in traffic. I mean, what I'm saying is he doesn't want us to get confident in ourselves. He wants us to be confident in him. I was telling somebody this yesterday. The goal where, the, the goal where, he, where health is concerned, health and healing, is not to have, live a life where I'm free of Sick symptoms. That's not the goal. The goal is to live in health. Well, I just want to get rid of this. I got to get rid of this thing and get over it, you know. Yeah, but when that's your mentality, then, then you get over the, the symptoms and then you go back to doing stupid things you shouldn't be doing. See, the key is hearing his voice and learning, you know what? Gain all the information you can gain about things, but then listen to this. There's all kinds of information out there about health and healing and holding. There's a lot of good stuff out there, but there's a lot of goofy stuff out there. So i got to know that it's right for me. He's the best nutritionist that there is. He knows everything that will make your body well. He's the number one guy. He knows it all. So gain your information, learn your stuff. But then listen to your spirit about it. I was, one day, we have a, a nutritionist that we've gone to for years, probably 30 years, that we've gone to, my wife and I, just, we like him and like the things that he says, you know. And there's times I'll go in and he'll test me for different things or whatever. And, and uh, one day I was in there, I said, you know what, this isn't any good. He said, I didn't even test you yet. I said, I know, but I know. He tested me what any good. I already knew. Why? Because I, I, he, this guy's helped me to understand how to hear the voice of God where things from my body are concerned. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, 
So ultimately, learn the things you're going to learn, but then we've got to listen to him. And when I listen to him, then I get it right every time. Every time. I'm going to say it again. Every time. People are going to do the best they can. Somebody's going to miss it and, you know, you got the wrong thing and it didn't work out. Don't get mad at people. You know, they're doing the best that they can. But he's got it right every time. But we've got to be able to hear that. We've got to be able to hear it. Can you say amen? So a witness, uh, wait a minute, I didn't finish that verse, did I? To bring to your remembrance all things that he said. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. He leads us in his peace. My peace, his peace, he gave us. And he leads us by his peace. Can you say amen? Not anything else, but his peace. Now, back to the Romans 8 and, and verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So, the rest of what I'm going to talk about is this thing right here. Just for the next few minutes, I want to talk about this, read to you several passages of Scripture, but I want to talk about what the witness is. So the word witness is defined, that word is defined as concurrent evidence of two people, that two people see. Concurrent evidence that two people see and that they see the same way. Let's say Randy and I are somewhere and, you know, something happens, there's a drive-by shooting and somebody got shot or somebody got shot at. And so the police come and they ask us and they ask him, we're, we're riding along and we see the same thing. And they ask him, you know, what happened? And so he tells him and I say, I, I go, ditto. Hmm? I'm a co-witness to what he said was so. And the Holy Spirit, and you and I, me, I'll just take me, the Holy Spirit in me, there is a co-witness that goes into him bearing witness with our spirit that we're children of God, that we're healed, that we're blessed, that we're prosperous, that sickness and disease has no right over us, but that witness has to be based on what God has already said is true. See, if we're riding along and I was looking the other way and Randy says, well, I saw this guy do this, and I go, well, I, you know, I'm not sure that that actually happened. And that's what happens when we're listening to all the other different reports. See, that's why a daily routine, hearing the word preached, is so vital to what the Holy Spirit reveals. Would we just read in John 14? That the helper, the Holy Spirit, came to reveal all truth to us about every situation in life. But we play a part in that, in being a co-witness with the Holy Spirit based on what He's trying to reveal to us. His job is to reveal truth to us. So tonight... When I was praying, when I was declaring that principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places are rendered powerless and ineffective. Everybody in here got kind of riled up about that, right? Why? Because you know that's true. So you are co-witnesses to what I said, 
and, and we were agreeing with that, and that's what the Holy Spirit brings to the inside of us. See? So when I'm facing something and I'm going through something and my head's screaming one thing, but I know that the Word says something different, then the Holy Spirit is there to bear witness with my spirit, yeah, that I'm a child of God, but as a child of God, I'm healed, healthy, whatever it is that I'm facing, He's there to bear witness to that, but if I don't have that Word in me, He can't bear witness to that, because He's not going to bear witness that how you feel is the way it is. He's not going to bear witness with that, because that's not the way it is. Symptoms in your body are not the final authority. He's the final authority, and he can't bear witness to something that your head is saying if you don't have enough word in you to allow that witness to come alive on the inside of you. And your head can be screaming, and you revert to having faith on what you're hearing here. Remember, it's not a voice, it's a knowing. I know that I know that I know I have a right to that. And you know what he just says? In a still, small, quiet voice, he's saying to you, it's yours. Receive it. But he didn't say that in a voice I could hear. He said that to me in a voice that I know. I know that I know that I know I have a right to that. That's mine. That's the witness. Now, a couple of things about this. <clears throat> he is the co-witness to what I have to have, okay? But when you're carnal, meaning your mind isn't renewed with the truth, then you yield to the natural. You'll try to yield to what the Holy Spirit's saying, but he'll wear you down and you'll go with the natural. It's just the way it is. We've all done it. We've all been in those type of situations. We're coming out of that. We're purposing to renew our mind so we don't yield to the natural. We don't allow our minds to remain carnal. They're renewed with the Word of God and now the Holy Spirit is that co-witness witnessing to me that I can have what he said I can have. I don't know why he set it up this way, but he did. He set it up this way. What I said earlier was that sons, and that's sons and daughters, a son and a daughter that's not a child is one that is working on this. Those who are led by the Spirit are the manifested, developed sons and daughters of God. Otherwise, otherwise, we're just children that are not developing, that are saved, but probably mad most of the time, aggravated with people, moved by every little situation and thing that goes on in life, you know, never want to be consistent with things, never, never want to obey authority. Ooh, man, that's a, that's a digger. Never want to do what's right in situations. But we're born again. Bless God, we're trying. We're going to get there. We're headed to heaven. Yeah. You know, we got good days some days, but you know, most of the days are just kind of up and down, and you know, I'm mad at everybody. 
and it's everybody else's fault. That's the children. I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay a dumb kid. Everybody say kids aren't dumb. Okay, but I don't want to stay like I was when I was five. A little brat. I mean, people tell me I was. <clears throat> my mom said I was great, you know, but my mom never did anything. She just sat there and watched me do it all. Right? I don't want to be that. I'm not, I'm not that kid. No, no, I, it's not that I don't want to be. I am not that kid. Mm. I obey authority. I will not allow pride to have place in my life. Does it try? Every day. I will not allow fear to control me. Does it try? I mean, I'll wake up in the morning and fear tried to torment me in the night. No, I, it's not. It's not. It, it doesn't mean that it's not out there, but it's not coming near me. Everybody say, it's not coming near me. Mm. Fear, destruction, sickness, disease, not coming near me. That's what the Bible says. Psalm 91 says it doesn't even come near us. I'm just taking it literal. Not coming near me. Yeah, but you know, Pastor, I felt it. No, no, no. It doesn't matter how we felt. It doesn't matter even tonight. You might be sitting there with a headache in here tonight. doesn't matter how you feel. It matters what he said. And when the Holy Spirit is saying to you, receive that. You need to take two aspirin. You need to do this thing or that. Do it, but do it in faith, believing, because you're developing your ability to hear him and do exactly what he says. And when you do what he says, it all works. But we got to know how to do this. we got to know how to pay attention and listen to that voice. You know, last time we met, when we were talking about the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was talking about when you pray in other tongues, you are talking to God. I'm going to say it again. When you're praying in other tongues, you are talking to God. I pray in other tongues. Nobody, not the devil, not anybody else knows what's happening or what's going on. I am talking to God. So when I pray in other tongues and I develop that and it becomes stronger all the time in my life, I know and understand it in a greater way. I'm learning and developing the ability to hear that witness, to have the witness and have the co-witnesser witnessing to me that what the Bible says is true and I can have it. That's when the helper is helping. And when the helper helps you, it's done. I mean, it's a help that gets the job finished when the helper's helping us. Can you say amen to that? So I'm going to say it again. We're led by a witness, not a voice. So continue to gain knowledge, but learn to be patient, to listen and pay attention to what God is saying on the inside of you. 1 Corinthians 2, and I'll just read just a couple of the passages here and we'll be done. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. The things that I has not seen the things that ear has not heard, nor have entered into the heart of man 
the things which God has prepared for you and I who love him, but they have to be revealed to us by the Spirit. We have to know how to yield to that in, inward witness. It's not enough to know what the Word says, and it's not enough to know what the Word says and to know what it'll do for you and have even seen some manifestations of things in your life. That's not enough. It's an ongoing co-witness that is revealing truth to you every single day because there are a lot of people today that can tell you about some things that happened 25 or 30 years ago, but nothing's happened in the last 20 years. Why? One step at a time backing out of the procedure that leads you to a place to know that witness wherever you go, whatever you do, I don't care what it is. Somebody asked me the other day about going to another country and just asked us to pray and if I had wisdom about it. And one of, the, one of the things that I said to this person was, you go wherever you have a witness to go. Doesn't matter how bad it is. Well, you can't, you know, I mean, if God was telling you to go to Afghanistan on a vacation... And that's what he was telling you to do? You say, well, you know, I don't even think we can get in there. Well, I don't know. I don't know why God's telling you. You, you were just absolutely confident that God was telling you. You had the witness. You've been praying about that. God told you to go there. That's the safest place you can be. The safest place you can be is where God's told you to go, that you have the freedom and the peace and the liberty to go because you have the witness from the co-witnesser that it's right. I'm just telling you, we have to learn how to do that. You can talk about that. You can hear what I said, but you have to develop it. You have to develop it. Now, I want to end this tonight with reading these two passages. And I, I want you to see this word, and I want to, this, the, the, Maybe a normal definition of this word would not be the same as what it is actually in Scripture here, so I want to define it for you. Um, but in Luke 1, in verse 3, it says this. And this is Luke talking about how he knew it was right for him to pin this letter, to take the information that he had gotten and his perspective and view on Jesus' life, and to put this down and to do this. And this is what he said. It seemed good to me also. It seemed good to me also. Having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. Luke said here, it seemed good. The Bible says there's a way that seems right, but the end is destruction. That's not this word. This word is defined as, it, it seemed 
is to be the truth that your heart knows for sure. He had the truth that his heart had revealed to him was sure. So he said, it seemed right to me. Now, look at Acts 15. If you were in any of the Genesis class, we, when we were going through, no, not Genesis, the Galatians class that we taught last semester, or whenever we taught it, um, but when we were teaching Galatians, we were talking from Acts 15 because he was talking about the churches in Acts 15 in Galatia that had been, they had gotten the word, and they had gotten born again, and great things had happened, and then Paul left, and then they let people talk them out of the, the, the liberty and the freedom that they had. And so what they're talking about is going back to the churches to encourage them to keep the faith and not allow certain distractions and things to come in. And in verse 27, I want you to notice it's the same word here in verse 27. We have therefore <clears throat> sent Judas and Silas who will also report the same things by word of mouth. For it seemed good, watch this, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Hmm, there's a co-witness. There's a co-witness. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. However, in verse uh, 34, however, it seemed good to Silas to remain there. No, yeah, to remain there, this verse 34. Paul and Barnabas also remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. These are the churches in the region of Galatia. And they were, they were going back to bring the word to them, to teach them, to help them, because they had been under, the Judaizers had come in trying to convince them that they had to stay under the law to get free. And they didn't have to do that. And so Paul's kind of lining up his attack, how we're going to take care of these churches. Okay? And so... Uh, Paul and Barnabas also remained in Antioch, okay? So then look at verse 36. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go now, let, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas, who had a little rebellion, I just added that, was determined to take with him John called Mark. And there's reasons that John didn't need to go. Actually, it was Mark, that he didn't really need to go. There was reasons that he wasn't suited and actually right for going. But Paul insisted that they should not take, the, uh, take with them the one who had departed from them in wherever that was and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, but Paul went and found Silas at the Hilton or somewhere, you know, because he was hanging around there. And he found Silas and he departed 
being commended by the brethren to the, to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Sicily, strengthening the churches. Barnabas and Mark's journey was a failure. Paul and Silas's was supernatural. You can go with a spiritual witness and do what's right and it produces, and you can go with a head full of knowledge, natural witness, and it will produce absolutely nothing. Barnabas' attitude, his contention, his rebellious, the rebellion. Paul was the one that established these churches. He was coming back to help, and he knew better. So he didn't flow. He had a better idea, and it turned out to be a fiasco. It was was actually a lot of destruction, and they both came close to dying. But Paul and Silas, they'd even been in prison, but amazing miracles happened in their ministry in that journey because they went with the witness. What did Paul do? He did what seemed right to him. That seeming is the truth, knowing it in your heart. And the Holy Spirit bore witness with him, the co-witness. And when he did that, it worked. I'm telling you tonight, it's the same thing for us today. You and I, it's the same thing today. We can't be led by fear. You know what? You can't even be led by a prophet. You can't even be led by prophecy in your life. A prophet, a word that I bring, I may prophesy, I've prophesied over many of you here at different times. We have Andrew Bronkhurst coming, who is a fivefold ministry prophet that prophesies over people's lives. But you've got the one on the inside that brings the witness to what's right. If you're led by man, if you're led by what somebody tells you, if you're led even by a teaching, and you don't allow the Holy Spirit to reveal that to your heart, then you're not convinced and you'll just be led by anything that any man says or woman says. Just whatever teaching is out there, you're just led by whatever. Tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that comes along because you're not sure in what you believe. Because the Holy Spirit has not become that sure witness on the inside. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, they're the developed sons and daughters of God who are not staying as children, but growing up into a place where they can hear the voice of God, do what He says, and cast all worry and fretfulness out the door. Has no place. No place to operate. That's the God we serve right here. Can you say amen to that? Amen? So, with Paul and Barnabas, one went the right way, and the other went the wrong way. Listen to me. (laughs) This is absolutely true. In everything you deal with in life, there's a right way and there's a wrong way. I don't care what it is. Because God doesn't share right with anybody. You think think God's going to feel sorry for the devil because he loses so much of the time that he's going to get you to share his right with him? Absolutely not. 
There's a right and there's a wrong. And it's your, your and my responsibility to take the words that we hear, allow the word that we know to judge things and what's right, and then allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to us and bring that witness to us that something is right or not. This just this just a random example, and I'm, I'm going to end with this. It's just totally random. But, and if you've been around here a long time, you've at least you've heard this at least six times, <clears throat> maybe twelve. <laughs> I can just remember six times. But when my daughters were young, and and uh, they were supposed to go with some friends to uh, to something in San Antonio, they were going to go in a van and drive down there with these, the, with these friends of ours and theirs. And, and uh, they, were, they were, I mean, Amanda, our oldest, she was probably, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12, something like that, and then on down. And three of them were going to go in the van and, and ride to San Antonio to do some voice lessons or something and at that age. I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like that. And I can remember... I'm not sure if it was me that woke up in the middle of the night or you woke up in the middle of the night, but whatever it was, I woke up in the middle of the night and in here, I can't tell you, it's not, it wasn't an audible voice. It wasn't God saying, oh, they, your, your children can't go, they're going to die. He doesn't, I don't care what anybody's ever told you, he doesn't talk. He doesn't have to. What he said to me was, your children aren't going. He didn't say, you know, you need to really think about it. No, he's just black and white. Your children aren't going. I, I, I don't know how I, I knew that, I just knew it. And the peace for that was inside of me. Whoever woke up first, when, when, when I was up in the morning and my wife woke up, she said the same exact thing. She had the same witness on the inside that they weren't supposed to go. There wasn't a fear that our children were going to die and that's why they couldn't go. You read that in through your mind. Maybe there would be an accident. Maybe there would, I don't know. We don't have to know those kind of things. We just have to obey. I hear his voice. I do what he says. And then I don't fret. But as a result of that decision, our children were a little bit upset, and the people that were going to take them were really upset. But that didn't change this. Just a simple little example. That didn't change this. You say, well, how, how did you know? Because, see, people will constantly ask that. All I know is, is that it was a witness to what I already knew. It was a witness to what I already knew. The co-witnesser, the Holy Spirit, said, don't go. But I knew his voice because I've, I've, from day one, I've been a person that confessed the word, heard the word, allowed the word to come into my ears, my eyes, be a part of my life, and I've never quit. 
And as a result of that, I have an awareness of him and his word and everything about him. So I had that awareness and I knew that I knew that I knew and there was a peace for them not to go. That, that never happened another time. You know, if you're doing that every other week, not the Holy Ghost. I always say it like this. If an opportunity comes to you that has to do with what you do in life or whatever, you know, something that would benefit your life, you do it unless he says no. You don't try to figure it all out. No, just do it. You know, if, if you, if you, uh, um, you know, if, I'm trying to think of a good example. Say, say like Michelle's back there, like Brian, you know, Brian works on people's bodies or whatever. If he gets a good opportunity to go to, you know, Japan to work on some people and it's going to make him lots of money and it's a right situation, well, it's part of what he does. Well, just do it unless the Holy Spirit says no. He and his wife agree. They get in agreement together. And the co-witnesser is going to say, that's not for you. I don't care how much money it is. You don't go. But if you don't get that, you don't get anything like that, and you have peace about it. You go, even if in Japan they've got COVID or whatever else. And that's not real popular because that doesn't seem like uh, you're being responsible. But there's nothing more responsible if you're developing a lifestyle of hearing his voice, being led by his spirit, and doing exactly what he says. Then there's no fear. You put a mask up, you put a mask down. You do what, whatever you're going to do, you'll do it because it's right. If I'm putting a mask on, it's because they're demanding me to put a mask on, and I'm not arguing with them. Some people argue with them. I mean, argue with them to the end and bring a lawyer in and, you know, sue them over. I, I, I got too many other stuff to do than do something stupid like that. But I've come to the place now that if somebody, if, I, if, if I'm going somewhere and, and they want me to have a mask on, then they got to supply it for me. I don't have a mask. I don't wear a mask. But if you want me to have a mask, then give me one. I've done that a number of times, and they just give me one. And I put it on. No big deal. You understand? I don't care what it is. We've got to do what's right about every situation, not what up here and the past tries to tell us. That's what I wanted to say to you tonight. We've got to learn this. And we're going to stay on this, and we're going to talk more about this, because we got to get this. And we've got to understand it, and it's got to be a part of our life. The co-witnesser wants to be busy co-witnessing to you that the truth you know will really work.